If you'd like to support the show, don't forget to rate us five stars, shop at our merch store, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Special thanks to our patrons, M. Trichkovsky and Tony Irons. To become a patron, go to patreon.com slash whatsmythesis. I think the conversation we've been having is like a little bit artists taking their own content and doing their own thing versus the gallery. But I'm like, if you look at the gallery, like they're literally doing the same like, yeah, yeah, they're literally just making content about your work. So it's like, why wouldn't you just own that pipeline? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. How do you say your last name? Hashemzadeh. Hashemzadeh. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Oh, I I uh, get confused for <laughs> for <laughs> someone that speaks Farsi, for someone that speaks Arabic. Are, are you? Is it Iranian? Iranian. Yeah. 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 Are, is, are you background? Is it Iranian? No, oh. I'm Cuban. But oh, yeah, that's why uh, I thought you said that. <laughs> everybody, but it, like people literally speak Farsi to me, and I was talking to somebody. I think it's Latinos with beards. We Latinos we get beards. that a lot, and I've talked to I've spoken Spanish to somebody that is not that is Persian that it, like just I, I think it's just L A. That's the degree of our separation is just it, some facial hair. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think like I mean we come from Spain, so it makes a little sense, That's you know. Of, yeah. There's a, probably a lot of Semitic people up in in Spain, right? Yeah, I mean it's all kind of tied to the same trade. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, makes so, sense. Uh, it, uh, so it's like Hashem, like God in in Hebrew, right? Hashem. And then Zade. Okay. Yeah. But you're not Jewish? I'm not Jewish. Okay. It's totally random. Everybody fuck it. Like, bro, <laughs> like... Middle East, just chill. You're all chilling. Yeah. And if people think I'm super, like, you know, it got to be Israeli or, or Jewish or something, Joshua. I get that too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, nah. Nah. <laughs> uh, okay. Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. And today my guest is Josh Hashem Zadeh, right? Hashem Zadeh, you got it. Okay, all right, you, cool. You've nailed it every time we've done it. All right, it, I way. just hesitate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, you are uh, like tangentially associated with me. Like we, we've, we've, we, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> we are, you, you know, like Emily and, and all of them and you've shown at Monta Vista projects before or you curated? Um, I've, I've curated with some of the, the crew in Monta Vista. Like I put okay. like Rakeem in a couple shows and stuff when I was working um, in a gallery and stuff and my friend Chris as well. Oh, so you didn't curate at Monta Vista. I you curated, curated f- for some of the people that, that were there and then we just kind of hung out through gallery openings and stuff. But I, I'm tied in with like the program there and have met a lot of the the core team at least in like 2019 2020 and then after yeah, yeah. COVID, i think everyone just the core like... team is is <laughs> now me and another person okay <laughs> now the core team is bigger than that but uh i just hang out with um molly a lot so okay cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. um but okay cool so then like where where are you originally from are you a california kid i am a california kid valley born and raised okay uh, so la has been home um that... so it was cool seeing like art complexes or like collectives kind of popping up in the city yeah for sure um because i feel like there's they're just kind of coming waves but if you can find one that you click with like <laughs> yeah well i mean i think that one of the reasons that monta vista works is because like no one's burdened to be there forever <laughs> yeah that's true yeah it's like it's one of those things that just every year is kind of new yeah year, like we, we just whenever we need uh people we get them but right now we're <laughs> we're pretty not we're not as tight-knit as uh, in the past i think just because like covid and all of that and sure. people have are having a hard time making it out to shows and stuff but so then you went to school out here uh, what's your um, what's your education background yeah so my background i studied art at the san francisco art institute um, oh, okay so i did my undergrad there and then moved back to la and then was just working as an artist primarily you know, through my early 20s and then had taken some museum and kind of art jobs and then eventually was curating at a gallery called Bake Art 
for like three years. I was on La Cienega once upon a time before COVID. And then, um, and then basically after that, just kind of shifted back into making my work. And I was kind of making it the whole time, but also making content and, you know, just doing yeah. different things as I think we all are now. <laughs> well, we cover a lot on the show how it's like a second job for most people. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred and... percent. I've seen some of those clips. They're <laughs> factual as fuck. <laughs> I think one of the, the main points that I try to make on this show is just how easy it, it is. All you have to do is be nice. Like if 100%. you're, if you're a dick, <laughs> then it's not that easy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> word travels fast in this. Especially now. No one will share your content. <laughs> no one will share your content. You got to be like a super, super polite, but, um but yeah so then uh so you what was the scene like in san francisco oh it was it was interesting so like i went up there and i mean that was kind of i don't know if you know about san francisco art institute but it just recently actually shuttered i heard uh, i heard a lot of people were upset yeah and it's crazy just because it's like a 150 year old arts institution and like i mean rothko taught there and Mm -hmm. stuff so it's like just like this crazy lineage and so like being there kind of at the tail end of that you're like were we responsible? <laughs> you know, like what happened here? But uh, what year did you graduate? I was 2016. 2016 uh, undergrad. Yeah, that sucks, dude. Like, uh, it, does that at all affect? Like, I mean, does? I mean, it doesn't change anything really. But I think it's just cool. Like when you think about like your cohort of like artists and like the kind of thing with Monta Vista, right? Like having that collective kind of fabric. Being like, oh, I got alumni and stuff that. I can hit up and I do I do have like relationships with some of the people that obviously I went to school with and some people from other years and stuff so I think we've kind of like kept in contact but it's like Mm -hmm. been so much more reliant on like the artist than like the actual institution which I think to your point right it's like artists are always having to work two jobs or like yeah really manage the infrastructure around what they're doing as well as what they're doing and I think like well then paid that much to an institution to try and like take some of that off your plate you're like oh man you were here for five years after i graduated you know yeah that sucks no and then i mean one of the things that's kind of cool about like at least that i've seen from Monta Vista is that a lot of like alumni work with the new generation from their class right like i know that at csun there's like a lot of the people that i've had on the show i've had on the show simply because uh emily blythe jones like (laughs) was really supportive of them and that's how they came into my 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 awareness you know like that they were hanging out at uh, monta vista projects or that one degree of separation yeah that (laughs) one degree exactly like the same thing with with us where we have one degree of separation but um but yeah so so then you said you've mentioned content creation you've mentioned art like how do you feel those two are different like because that's a that's an issue that i'm struggling with because they're both practices they are. I mean, I think like that's probably a good space to be investigating or to be dealing with. I think in terms of your practice and stuff, I think it's probably poignant. Um, and everyone's gonna probably have their own take on it. But for me, I think they're they're two and the same. I, I had a professor once tell me like, you know, you're making art when it's the first thing you think about in the morning and the last thing you think about going to bed. Mm-hmm. And I think like <laughs> if you think about your brand or you think about the content that you got to make or whatever, and I'm like, if that's what you're thinking about, and that's like what's on the checklist or the to do then like that's probably the content or the art that you're making, right? Yeah. Like, it, whether it's performative or however you want to look at it. Um, but I'm like, if you're making, even for a painter, right? Like I'm documenting my work and stuff. And it's like, sometimes I'm spending as much time on that as I am on the painting, if not more, yeah. right? And it's yeah, like yeah. just proportionally. And um, I'm like, so what is the extension of what, right? Is it like, this is content about a painting or is this painting really about content? <laughs> you know, it's like, what, yeah, am I, yeah. what am I, it's like chicken and the egg kind of thing. So Well, and it is such a, I think ultimately what content means is like it's it's a placeholder for things that are contained within a container right so it's such yeah. a funny word where it's like it's it's essentially the business world's word for art because they don't like a thousand percent 
and to some degree it's maybe more validating because like most people don't want to pay for art but they'll pay for content which is a weird or they won't pay for content they'll just tune in which is great oh no what i mean about like organizations in a business like like you know like if you're if you're going to like if i'm a organization and i see a content creator yeah maybe i'll try to lowball them right like Mm -hmm. but i think that people just don't even contact artists they'll just fucking just jack take. their shit like and just <laughs> re- appropriate yeah. yeah yeah no that happens because they sure. just know that they're no fucking there's no lawyers so like once you're in the content space i it's a weird it's a weird mental shift because like i like i do think that people would probably like in the business realm would probably value content more than art right uh, oh yeah 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 right now there's like all these bids on like these huge youtube backlogs right yeah Where, like brands totally unrelated to the actual creator are just like, hey, we want your backlog to place ads on and stuff. And it's like all of a sudden they have like entitlement to the entire like brand and all that stuff. And it's like, it's weird how artists get used for that. And I think like sometimes they're getting paid a little bit more now because of content. Like at least there's something to account for it. Yeah. Like it's a timestamp almost, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's tough. And I think also just for artists to think about it in terms of like their own organization, like thinking of like what they're doing is more of like, you know, how do I support myself on this than needing like a gallery or, you know, another institution to tell me I'm good (laughs) or whatever, you know? Yeah. And I think the institution thing, is like a lot of people that are chasing that realm of the art world are so bitter by it, you know, embittered by it and, and don't feel empowered by it. Like, because there's some level of submission that needs to take place. You're, you're subservient in a way where, I mean, obviously like I've definitely worked for Google yeah. Right. Like I don't delude myself. I work for Instagram. If I say we were talking about yeah. like, like how Instagram, like while I was setting up, like they're, they're my boss. Like if they don't like something I say, <laughs> I got to deal so with true. it. You know, like it, I, I can't complain. Like that's HR. For sure. Right. So it's a really, it's a really interesting thing because it's empowering, but it's also like, it limits what you can say. Right. Like you can't, I've slowly realized like there are things you cannot talk about. Algorithms. Yeah. Uh, with the algorithms will just, they just, and, it, and, and what we were saying is that what the Twitter files shows yeah. is that it's like, it's personal. It's not even like algorithmic. It's like a lot of times it's just like click. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing that you can do in terms of like, let me give context to that or like, yeah. let me try and like argue the fact or something. So yeah, I can, I can understand why that's scary. And I think it's probably scary for artists too. Like, like right. Like if could and doesn't like something about content or oh, know, yeah, whatever for you're sure. posting it's like there's always someone that i think artists are are having to please which i think is kind of unfortunate but at least with content it's not just like one entity and like you kind of can steer the ship um as, yeah. as you want you know it's like if instagram's not doing you know check youtube or like check tiktok or whatever and there's always like the next thing that comes out too that disrupts it but i think like with a gallery like artists are there for like 30 years like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Yo, you have my entire career in your hands like am i going to be famous am i going to be ri-? like like how am i going to do this and like it's hard for one person to give you answers on that yeah and so i'm like i think it's dope that artists are taking it on and being like you know what i see how many artists are on instagram or whatever and i'm like there's no way a gallery like, there's just not enough galleries in the world to give everyone shows all the time and like do all that so i'm like you have to have another format right you have to have like another platform to go off of and i think they can complement each other but it's like, yeah, yeah. it's just dope to be able to like be like oh actually like i can build this on my own terms and look at it as an extension of my practice honestly i think that's sick yeah no i definitely agree with you i mean because that's basically what i've been trying to to do and a lot of it 
when I talk about this stuff, it does feel like I'm rationalizing my own choices. Yeah. Why am I here? Like, <laughs> it's like, is this okay? <laughs> it's like, well, we think what I'm doing is valid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why don't y'all? Yeah. No, I feel that. No, but that, but that also begs the question, like, how do you feel about people that are very precious about their content? And, and and by content I mean art. And by art, yeah, no, that's that's true. Yeah, it become interchangeable. But um, I think it's it's something where like I've definitely been there too, and I think everyone should want to perfect what they're doing, right? Like you uh -huh. should always find rooms for improvement. Like you've mentioned before, like oh, like it's an editing thing on this video that I could have like tweaked up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I think painters are doing that all the time, right? Like usually you have like a subject matter or a series or something, and then you're making like how many iterations of that, you know? So it's like. I think content really is the same thing. If you just took like a painting, right? Like the format for that is a rectangle, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like how do we break away from that rectangle? And then you're, really... you're breaking people's hearts. right? Yeah. Now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, it's like, but it's cool. And I, I think like, you're like the Elon Musk of the art world right now. Maybe, anyway. maybe. No, no, I'm I kidding. Like I, you're I so pragmatic. I, I'm with you. I'm yeah. not, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just thinking about what people are hearing right now. <laughs> I definitely like am pragmatic about it. And I think like we have to be realistic to a certain extent too. Cause I'm like, I'm not, making paintings in the impressionist era you know it's like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm making paintings in 2022 and everyone's kind of got their own perspective on it but um yeah i think like if you think about what art is trying to do and this kind of comes to the thesis so maybe good like full circle but um like i have this phrase that i i put on a lot of like my merch and stuff like that it's like, art is not a noun mm -hmm. so thinking about art as like action right art is verb and thinking about like art as discourse and collaboration and all that stuff um and i think like if you think about what art is or like what it's actually trying to do it's usually just like conveying information. It's just like, yeah. it's a communication vessel just using pictures instead of words, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, why would a rectangle be the only format to present that objective, right? It's like, we have all these other tools, film, music, like there's so many mediums, but like painters think that they have to paint in rectangles. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. Film has to be two hours, right? It's like TV shows have to be twenty minutes. It's you like just reminded me of. Uh, did you ever watch Battlestar Galactica, where they have the the paper that's like has the corners cut off? <laughs> no, I, I remember that show. They, they but... just have stacks of of papers, like phone book stacks style. But all the corners are cut. Off. Kids, there used to be a thing called phone books. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like they just cut off the corners, and it's funny that you say that because maybe I would say it's probably because it's breaking the, the rectangle. Like I like that. Well, yeah, but. But like when I when I saw that I was like that's so inefficient because that's four more cuts <laughs> yeah, you know that's true. <laughs> to some degree there is like an optimal I I get what you're saying like there's the uh, it's funny what you're saying also because because like t typically I don't even think of painting traditionally as being a canvas thing like frescoes and stuff I mean I yeah, know, like I know, cave painting is like, like where it yeah, started yeah right? exactly so it's like, so it's like, like the, the rectangle was intentional and i think like it came from a very specific culture and like lineage yeah. right and i think that that's cool and like it has its place in art history but it's weird that like like everyone's cultural experience needs to fit into that cultural format i wonder how common now i'm just starting to think about the history of the square page and now i'm yeah. like i'm oh, just blow, I, blow your mind. <laughs> i'm like well when did we start doing the page let's look at the but i mean well, if you tablets, guys right so it's like once we had like you know like scribes on on rock and stuff like 
No, but I'm speaking specifically of like, like, because I imagine like the first press paper, specifically like, yeah. like, uh, you know, papyrus or whatever. P- papyrus. Yeah. That shit wasn't like square unless you cut it, right? Yeah, so it was like all jagged edges. Yeah, don't... and then yeah. we have like art papers that are all tear- torn edges. So like, but then I'm trying to think about how, like, anyway, I just went off on, on an artist tangent that maybe shouldn't be all the good. focal point of the art, art thing. But it is interesting, like, the, how simple a, a shape that is. But I get, I get what you're saying, like. It's almost like you're stripping down a surface to its most basic, like, dimensions, like, you know, and most efficient way of getting it down as your, like, as your base of operation, right? But that yeah. still is an object in and of itself. It, it is. And I think so, yeah. like, that, that's my whole thing is, like, my background is very heavily influenced by, like, conceptual art, right? Mm. So, like, material choices, presentation, all these things are, like, highly, you know, important to how you're experiencing that. It's not just like the illusion of like a painting as like the end goal right so it's like the illusion of like these objects in a room make you think of this idea and like ah you've realized something you know it's like that's that's kind of more the approach and i think if you think about like why you're making art you know like what is this painting about and that's such a you know didactic i think statement for for people like artists are always like oh i don't really know you know what my art is about or it's like about 10 million things but it's like when you present it in a room or you present it to a person like whatever context that is it's like structured in a way to have a certain experience with that work, right? And it's like kind of comes back to Duchamp notion of like viewership needing is needed to like make something actually art, mm-hmm. right? Like an object or a painting in a room with no one in it is just kind of like this dead sculpture or whatever or like yeah, object. Yeah. But then as soon as you like put it in a gallery or create like a viewer angle to it, then all of a sudden now there's like this reciprocal engagement that becomes like the thing that we call art, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think like that is something that I find really interesting. If artists just approached it and like, what am I trying to create in this context? Whatever message that is, whatever like interpersonal thing I'm trying to like work through, whatever it may be, like any, there's no wrong answer there. But it's like, why does all of that have to fall into one like square rectangle that you got from Blick? And like, I think looking at content as a way to be like, I want to have the same conversation I'm having in a painting, but like with a person in my house in front mm-hmm. of my paintings or whatever. It's like that becomes like just another way to, I think, to look at art and like your creative toolbox, right? I get, I get what you're saying. So like people are experiencing, because there is always that conversation about the difference between seeing something in a textbook versus seeing it in person. Yeah. But then seeing it in a, in, on a, like on your television, on YouTube, I guess it is a different context, right? Like where now you're sitting alongside like less, I think that that's kind of where people struggle with it, right? Like, And and I think I've mentioned, like, thought of this before and said it on the show before, but I think the problem that people have with, I guess, that distinction is that, like, are fitness content creators making art, you know? And I'd say, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of am with you on that. <laughs> I kind of would say, yeah. And I, I think, like, also, like, how many people of the purest, right, like, like work or paintings that are about, like, challenging monolithic institutions and stuff like that and like up up ending like prejudice and all these things and it's like you're all about that but then when you have a format that makes something more accessible you push back on it because it's not romantic enough or whatever you know it's like like it's just a weird line and i think people always have their own kind of like divisions on like where they stand on stuff which is chill but like if you really boil it down it's like what are you actually doing like in the studio like if i'm here painting and thinking about something and trying to convey that or i'm here in my studio editing something and trying to convey that or making music or like you know, whatever it is, we're starting a business or like it could be any which way. Mm. I mean, even sports that like you're talking about, like World Cup, you know, that to me is is art. It's performative. Right. And then, then yeah. like the ecosystem around that and the viewership around that is there, which by Duchampian notions, right, makes it art. So 
and it's like very <laughs> very dark art <laughs> how much of that do you think is just outdated stuff that comes from like the education system? Cause that's a, a point that I've made. Maybe 120%. 120%. Okay. So then, so then the thing that I've said on episodes before you agree with, <laughs> I don't think they've come out yet, but I think that this has been like, you know, like every now and then I get on a thread and it comes, uh, it pops out on three episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do a tie-in wherever there's like a box. We'll yeah. Click yeah. To yeah. Just click <laughs> or comment below. If you know which episode we're talking about, that's my new thing. Also, like if we have a question that we don't have the answer, or two just be like hey you know because sometimes i'll ask questions to somebody that's not an expert so they don't know, you know? but i'm just like curious in the way that i'm curious and i'm like oh you're not a book <laughs> yeah no it's it's good i think to have like multiple first-hand sources and like to yeah. be able to like i think that's like part of the content right it's like thinking about other people's perspectives on things like if i want to make a painting about portraiture like i'm not making that in a vacuum like you're making mm -hmm. it in the context of all portraiture that has ever existed ever so i think like having content where you can like bring in other people and like perspectives and stuff like it just makes the work more dynamic and i think it adds longevity to like whatever you're doing as a creative person right yeah that is one thing that i mean it's funny because it's a bunch of like it's a backlog of stuff that i don't necessarily want to go and listen to <laughs> all of it because i'm half of it <laughs> yeah. i'm half of every conversation and i've already probably listened to it enough as I put it out, but it is interesting to just have that record. I do find that as when you're making content, which maybe is something that could be off-putting to like the typical artist, because I know that there is something to like that privacy that sure. I'm I'm slowly losing. But like for example, I'm I hadn't met you, and if I had met you in a context that like you know that that um, like at a at a gallery opening, right? A lot of times people already have some exposure to me like uh especially in the bendix because it's like our little the click crew, yeah. yeah it's not like if i go to joan or if i go to like you know hauser and worth no one gives a fuck yeah. <laughs> and it's not like i'm a celebrity but it's it, it's not like people are like impressed by me or anything like that but they just have heard of it's me yeah, it's community, and yeah. so and i think that that is an interesting thing because i've never had that as an artist where people are like oh you know like uh or isn't that weird though yeah it's not weird that like you painted and you did all the things you were told you're supposed to do and like you wrote all the things and made all the paintings and then now all of a sudden like a podcast is like the it's thing the, that gets people talking about you. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's a wild it's a wild experience. And and you know, I I'm obviously not going to stop, but as I as I get as I try to go for it and get bigger, I start to have these questions of things yeah. that I've never thought of as an artist. You know, like just as the base of an artist, my expectations for success are so much fucking lower. <laughs> Does that make yeah. sense? It's isn't it wild? Like, and I think it is because of that gatekeeper sort of aspect of it. And Definitely. like, and there's just, I mean, there's really little way of learning how to do. It. I mean, obviously, there's so many different ways of being an artist, but in terms of sure. like getting gallery representation and all of that, like it's mystical to me because they didn't teach that shit at my BFA program. That's because everyone in the BFA program, we're still trying to figure it out. Like, yeah. you know, it's like they- And the teachers too. Yeah, they, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. like they're, they're teaching because like, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. no, no offense to teachers or anything. It's like, it's yeah, dope, yeah. but it's like, if you're not coming from an experience where you're like, hey, I got my art in all these galleries and like, I made a career in that, like, and you're here teaching a class to help kids that want to do that, achieve that, like, how are you actually going to help? You know, it's like, weird. are we like the same dude, bro? <laughs> I'm just the Cuban, but also Persian looking version of we're, you. We're one degree separation, man. It's all that. It all comes no, back down to that. No, I mean, it's, it is really funny. I, I, I like, 
that's uh, we talked a little bit and i think maybe that's what's informing the conversation but we talked a little bit about like how precious some people that come on the show are and it's really funny because i think that that comes from like a very outdated model of like i'm gonna make a book you know people are gonna see the book they're not ever gonna talk to me every word that they're gonna read is very well thought out and stuff like that and and people being very precious with stuff and then like they do this and they don't realize that to some degree it's a little bit more fluid and performative, right? Where we're like, you know, like people want to co-edit the episode. I'm like, Dude. like, it's not that granular. Like, yeah. It's like, I don't even edit myself that much. Yeah. You know, I leave me saying dumb shit all the time. You know why? Because I'm kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's part of my brand, no one will be disappointed when I fuck up. It makes it relatable. I think, you know, it's like no one, no one needs to be that perfect all the time. Yeah. And I think that if you look at, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of those artists too, like, deep down and like, i guess like maybe we're digging you know really into the psyche now but it's like if someone's that precious about it i almost want to ask them like what do you see success as like yeah. what, like what are you actually trying to go for like are you trying to have this like perfect thing for you or are you actually trying to put it in the world and i think a lot of people like are fearful of putting themselves out there and they're fearful yeah. of being like yo i'm actually doing this thing for real now and in order for them to like get over that sometimes they like rationalize oh like it's just not ready yet like, yeah. it's just not the thing that I, I want to be known for. Like, it has to be exactly perfect. I'm like, nobody that has been successful, like, no <laughs> actor, no musician, no nobody has ever, like, hit it out of the park every single time yeah, from yeah. day one. Like, go fail a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. it's chill. Like, you got 100 followers. Like, we'll get there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> or no followers, too. Sometimes that happens where someone's just so in control of their, like, like, literally someone that, and to me, I feel like a little bit of a dick when I think to myself, it's like, dude, I'm not literally going to get any like new followership or anything like that mm -hmm. from you. I'm doing the, I'm having you on the show because I don't want that to be a limitation. Sure. You know, like I don't want Oh, you're required to have an Instagram. I'm required to get something out of our exchange. Yeah. But at the same time, when you become a pain in the ass, I do think like, dude, I'm literally getting nothing. out. <laughs> I think let's like be reciprocal. I think if you were like, in art studio, right. You want to like have some camaraderie with people. You want to like be in this yeah. thing together and you want to be able to like, like, I think it's it's interesting because, like, a lot of artists, when they're in the studio, they don't work that way. They're not as precious, right? They're no, like trying yeah. things out. Like, there's new materials. Like, they get excited about stuff. They try and think. It's just, like, when they take all of that excitement and curiosity and then they try and fit it into a hole that they want, like, someone else to be approving of. Yeah, like, yeah. That's when you run into problems. And I think, like, yeah. with galleries, like, they have to sell shit. Like, it's, like, what is going to sell for them? And that doesn't always mean it's good art. So I think, like, some people that, like, think of themselves as, like, oh, I have to be good enough, like, throw that out the window because like it's just free market capitalism <laughs> like yeah yeah yeah. and like half of that is going to like a landlord that's not even a part of this whole <laughs> exchange so, yeah, like, yeah he doesn't care about art <laughs> yeah he doesn't even care about art so like yeah. like the person you're trying to be perfect for is like not even like a real person <laughs> like, yeah and then on a on a uh, on a stacking uh, your clout and growing as a as a person in a scene that's as a networking thing yeah. The only thing that you're informing people, like what people don't get, like, I don't get the vision. I, I, when, when that happens to me and someone like really wants to be like that, like you said, granule control over mm -hmm. what every single thing that they said, it, it's the, like, my takeaway is not, I don't end up with the impression of what their vision is. I don't see the vision. All right. I see is how difficult 
they're making, they're making my life my vision. <laughs> <laughs> you know and so and and so it is sort of self-defeating like i mean most of the people that are in the scene that i like are in the, the like that i see succeeding that i see you know to whatever degree of success is not everybody's looking for commercial success i wouldn't I, yeah, chill, yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't hold like somebody that's going for artist run thing to the same standard as like a mark bradford sure that's the name i love to draw <laughs> because, yeah. i know he's great as work his, his his work is great um but like yeah it, it i i i don't I mean, I'm sure that when you get to that level of like w being represented by Hauser and Worth, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe then you can start to be a little bit more controlling of like your your image because people are literally there to work for you, right? Like, yeah, you are you are the money maker. You're like the fucking you're like the LeBron that has many people dependent on him, right? Like LeBron's been playing for like 20 years. You exactly. Know, like you got to you got to put in some time. I think it's it's wherever people are at in their journey and like there's no right or wrong answer to any of this. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like whatever works for you works and the fact that like anyone can make it work I think is just like a miracle <laughs> to begin with, you know, given how like convoluted the system is, I think. But like yeah, if, if you're starting out, like it's good to take control and understand like where your control and that attention should be on. You know? Yeah. It's like Something with your work or something. Yeah, I'm like pretty fastidious about like my stuff. And I work kind of slow. But if I'm coming on to do something collaboratively, like allow there to be reciprocity, you know, like allow there to yeah, be yeah. organic shit that happens. And, and like, trust that the person isn't trying to make you look bad. <laughs> that's yeah, the like, thing that blows my trust mind. That you might learn something from this. Yeah, like yeah, you might yeah. actually make your shit better. Yeah, like, yeah. That's dope too, you know. And I think it's funny, like with all the content stuff, it's like I think the conversation we've been having is like a little bit, you know, artists taking their own content and doing their own thing versus the gallery. But I'm like, if you look at the gallery, like they're literally doing the same shit. Like, yeah, yeah. They're literally just making content about your work. So it's like, why wouldn't you just own that pipeline? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think I think the difference would probably be, in that sense, you know, to 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 play the sympathetic person to the people that we're talking about. Yeah. Like, uh, I guess, in that sense, like m maybe a lot of people just don't want to have to build that. You know, like, because sure. that is. But at the same time, if you're not building that, it goes to that Deschamps thing. Then there's no, there's really no audience except for the people that see your work, right? So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting conversation. I definitely want to. You 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 actually sent me. We've been talking for a, a, a half hour already. I definitely <laughs> want to ask you about your topic. I, uh, I mean, I knew it's probably it's f cool if it's probably related to this. You you yeah. definitely you had a few. I don't remember any of them. I actually no just, <laughs> I think I mentioned just like slightly earlier on this leading in, but like the art not being a noun and art being action is like really the kind of thesis that i've been thinking about which sounds like you've been yeah. thinking a lot about it as well making content yeah yeah, yeah. so then what, what what can you get so then what is it uh what it, noun by process of elimination it can still be a verb an adverb an adjective uh so it'd be a, in my mind it'd be a verb it's okay. an action right it's, so it's okay like, yeah if, if you're saying that it's not this like static thing then like really think about it as something that needs to be engaged with right so like if it only exists when someone's looking at it or when someone's making it or when someone's thinking about it then like it's an action <laughs> yeah yeah you know it's like if it's just this static object like you know i guess it depends on how you look at art i think some people will look at it like there's two camps really there's like camp one that you know if something's illusionistic it's art right that's what painting kind of comes from right just like light mm -hmm. manipulation of light so it's like that's one camp and that's a sort of traditional party and then i think there's like the other that's like no, it's actually about discourse. Like it's actually about communication. It's about visual signifiers and this whole lexicon of like human consciousness beyond language, right? And so I think like that's more the camp that I fall under, and like that's like the more contemporary camp. Um, 
And I think when you look at it thing at, at things like that, then it really art only exists as long as you're making it, you know, and as long as like you're working on it or as long as someone else is like thinking about how they can react to it or do something with it. And so I've been thinking a lot in terms of like, where does that go? Right. Like people talk about like, there's no movements anymore. There's like, like, where's art history going? Or like now it's, everyone's just on Instagram. There's like art history's dead, you know? Yeah. So it's like thinking about the next steps in like, you know, what I want to make and like how that relates to the culture and all that stuff is like very much where I'm invested, but I'd know that art is not a noun. So um, thinking about it along the lines of like a verb, thinking about it in terms of like new formats, right. Breaking formats mm -hmm. and making that a part of my work. Like, I do smaller scale paintings, like some of the ones behind me, like all based on postcards, which is more of an archival process. You know, I think it's like mini reliquaries, but like I also like make art that's dematerialized, like just recording the time I take making art or thinking about art and like just logging that time and on literal time cards. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's art. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it just becomes performative. And so, I, so like, you're, I like playing with that mold. Would you say that this is like more, so then the two camps would be the modernist versus postmodernist. I think so. Yeah, that's okay. a good way to put it. Yeah, and distill it down. Because especially since we're using Duchamp's as the as the breakdown, uh, it's interesting. I mean, I do I do think that the, the the traditionalist side of things is always interesting because it can be be beneficial, right? Like it can. I think that that is what leads to things that are cohesive movements, right? Mm -hmm. But um, but I but I think that like what's interesting too is that. I still see things happening. Like I'm literally see other people doing things that I'm interested in, sure. you know? And I think that's just zeitgeisty. I think that that's also where movement comes from, not just from following a tradition, but like, like for example, with the, um, you know, like the, the classic thing about Picasso talking about things that were going on in science at the same time, which the, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Da Vinci, you know, yeah. and like every, I mean, art kind of derived itself from from medicine and science like yeah. initially right well they're all, all observation based right like like th there needs to be some level of like being aware you can't like be shut off from the world i mean maybe you could make and then it would just be very internal art right. but like but, experience I mean, like, is even, important even like further back than that i'm saying like like pigment right comes from chemistry right? yeah yeah so it's like the way that we've like put these things together in our mind like come from other things like mm -hmm. so i think like Yes, it's very zeitgeisty, but I think it's also, it kind of moves as a pendulum. Because if you go back to your example of like, oh, when I think of painting like on like the rock wall or something like that, like, and it's not on a rectangular format, like maybe that's not actually traditionalist. Like maybe that's more in the camp that we're in today with Duchamp, right? Like yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were literally doing that to archive something, mm -hmm. right? So there was like a clear utility behind that action. Like I want to tell people that I was here. This is what we hunted for food. Like, this is the kind of house that we built. This is the kind of culture we had. This is our language, right? So they, like, wrote that shit down. Yeah. And, like, it was a tool. And then, like, art to some extent, like, even in, like, you know, the more European kind of romantic era, like, that was pre-photography, right? Yeah. So it was, like, it was documentation. It was always altered, right? Like, based on the patrons, like, wishes and stuff. So it was, like, kind of a false... Give me a big dick. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, a false narrative around it, right? It was an illusion back to yeah. that. But it's, like, ultimately, like, they were trying to do something with it. And I think now, like, artists are like, oh, I'm making these paintings, but, like, can I have it be, like, my revenue stream? Or, like, can it, can it have some other utility? Like, am I documenting something in terms of a process of how to build a channel or how other people can think about art or whatever? Like, there's always, like, this utility layer that I think actually goes with art and i just think like nobody really talks about it and a lot of people actually say like good art should have no utility right like that's a huge thing that we learn yeah, in yeah. school too like that's this... a cringe thing that you learn <laughs> yeah it's a cringe yeah, thing but they're yeah. like it, it must be all about form or whatever and i'm like yeah. 
but dude we function in this world like we like function like well to i don't me, have a lot of room in my life for shit that doesn't do anything <laughs> you know it's like i i to me i did a, a one of the things that i first curated was a show where i was like a ceramics show that was literally like my point about it was like this is like the thing that we discover about ourselves like this mm-hmm. utility utilitarian object that we kind of dismiss as like maybe a lesser art form is like super fucking important in, in terms of like culture and whatnot so it's an interesting thing to sort of i think that i i mean it is maybe like a little colonialist in that sense of like uh we decide what's high art you know um in terms of like oh ceramics because it serves a function it's like quaint. Less than. yeah it's or less photography, than photography right or yeah like... but then you have porcelain and shit like that and like yes we make toilets out of porcelain now but like and fabergé it, eggs it, and but, stuff yeah. you know it's like all that shit became like super precious yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's just perspective like it's really yeah. weird that people have that but i definitely think it comes from like a kind of colonial past for sure like some of that tradition is just like I mean, we means... get to decide what is valuable yeah every museum was like basically created as an extension of that hierarchy right yeah, so it's yeah. like it'd be foolish to think that that didn't influence culture over the last hundred years like it has and we're all living through it and figuring out like where we land on the other end of it but like you so, gotta admit that it's real <laughs> is there any christian art influence on your stuff because i do see like relief sculpture and stuff like that in there just out of curiosity i i yeah. I, I, I like if i hadn't known that you were what based on your <laughs> your last name i would have been like oh this guy's a total latino catholic guilt <laughs> so it's, it's interesting so like definitely like borrow from like the tradition of reliquaries and like the catholic church and, okay like i always thought it was like so insane that there was like these really ornate high art like objects but like it was someone's toe in glass or something like it was just like so macabre and i I just love that so uh, yeah which is why it's so funny when people are like oh true crime why is everybody into true 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 crimes like true crime is what we are bro (laughs) (laughs) true crime is literally the things we do in society (laughs) absolutely so i I was like really inspired by that and and actually like you know caveat to my my background like yeah my last name is hashem's out of but my mom is actually a Swiss Christian, so okay. like I get it kind of from that that end. Um, and her partner grew up Catholic, so there's a little bit of that lineage, like just kind of you know having grown up and been exposed to that that culture. But I think about just like the things that we leave behind, right? Like you're making these YouTube videos, and like what happens when someone finds that in a hundred years and stuff. And it's like <laughs> like some of these postcards that I look at. Like for me, my family immigrated to LA, and I think of like always us learning about this place like we came in as these like othered people and so i think just like looking at these like really colloquial quaint postcards of like family vacations that happened in los angeles is like just this cool resonating point where i'm like yeah i've been to these places and like in different times but i look at these postcards and read a letter from like 100 years ago mm-hmm. and i'll be like wow this phrase like just feels like it could be yesterday that they said this or something yeah, yeah. and so like those will be the phrases I that's out. the bomb that's the bomb yeah or whatever like just like things that like i just sense. was trying to think of the most like not timeless phrase yeah that's the bomb yeah B- it's the like bomb really, diggity yeah super dated but there's certain ones that like i mean just like so groovy man like there was some yeah so groovy it's like puts it really in context but um like there's ones like even during quarantine and stuff like the sentiment that someone's like oh wish you were here or something like what does that mean in quarantine like yeah yeah a hundred years after someone wrote that it's like i don't think that they would have ever imagined that context but wait so do these have like are these you're are you buying cards yeah. that have been filled out so they are filled out on the back yeah so these are all uh, oh okay cool on the back yeah 
those things have such crazy histories when you when you they get do. into that stuff yeah yeah so like for me like again think about my materials as like a conceptual art origin like yeah me like i'm definitely in that in that school like unfortunately yeah. and the, <laughs> unfortunately the, it makes life hard <laughs> the least that's why i got into content creation because like oh i can make money off of this <laughs> yeah 100 i'm like hey i've made more off facebook than i have from galleries this year and i'm like <laughs> you know am i not making art or like am i just making art better now <laughs> direct to consumer art. direct to consumer hey art. man we're just the amazon of art is what... <laughs> we're just delivering it to you but don't buy from amazon buy from artists like, yeah, direct, yeah. You know? go direct <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, it would be funny because I know what Amazon. One of the things that cut for an Amazon ad right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I use Amazon. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Literally, half of the shit came through Amazon. At least for sure, the power supplies for the cameras. The cameras came from Best Buy. So, so, so we're good now. So we're good. We're, this was an ethically made video. <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, this stuff is so interesting, and like, just the, the art economy is fascinating to me. Uh, especially well, the more I get into this, and the more I feel like I a little bit more comfortable getting into people's like, you know, because like when I first started, I wasn't gonna be like, hey, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's interesting the idea of art as a like. There, there are other art content creators. I mean, there's sure. tons, tons of them, right? But you don't necessarily know one just because you're in the art world, right? So right. I, I, you're the first other person. I've been doing the show for like how long? Uh, 150. Drop so it in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> how long have we been making this? Yeah. How, how, what episode is, number is this? <laughs> just, just, it's gonna be on the title, but just comment it down below. Um, no, but like, yeah, at least at the time of this recording, we're at least at uh, 57, 157. Okay. So I, I used to say that that was uh, that many artists minus doubles, but there was a, an era that I did uh, one guest for two episodes. So take that in stride. It's probably more like 100 artists-ish that I've talked okay. to. It's still a lot. Slacking. Yeah, bro, I know. Slacking. Dude, that's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> But, but it's crazy. Like, you would think that there would be a lot more people. I mean, and I guess I would consider Deborah Bros a bit of a content creator because she's on Instagram. Yeah, she posts a lot. Yeah, she's, she's, she's definitely there. But in terms of, like, doing long-form stuff, I think that there's not a lot of people that... I think that's tough for yeah. artists because it's, like... It's a third job. It's a third job, and also, like, contextually, long format is very different than, like, yeah. presenting your work. Like, because as a painting... Or as a painter or a sculptor, right? Like you're trying to get an object to one stage and then like just show it. Yeah, yeah. And stuff. So like think about like long format around like process documentation and stuff like that. It's just like very unnatural, I think, in terms of how sometimes people work. And so like there's probably stuff to figure it's out. It's disruptive, there. dude. Yeah, yeah. If you're it like I've tried to document work. It's it is really disruptive when yeah. you're doing the work it. work suffers, I feel. Like, yeah. Which is why I don't do a lot of it. It just takes longer suffer. too. <laughs> yeah. It pr takes longer too. What I want to start doing now is that now that I have the two cameras, I'm gonna just gonna start live streaming, like, you know, and then that way I don't have to worry about shit. And, yeah. and then saves just, you a fuckload on editing. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like V V O D just direct upload. But I think that, that 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 there's uh you know, I think even that though it's going to be like more of a, like a live streamy thing where i'm like re responding to chats and stuff um but coming to twitch soon yeah <laughs> no coming to youtube fuck YouTube. twitch twitch is imploding twitch is like having some serious problems you think you think instagram I, I is just, struggling yeah i mean i think they, they all are struggling right now like digital marketing right now is, is, is tough, yeah but, that's uh, what you work in right that's what i work in yeah, yeah. so it's like you would know more than we definitely me. see like a pullback but i think also just right now like 
around like user privacy and like thinking about like the TikToks of the world coming in and like having everything be like uh more engagement driven than like your personal network driven, you know, like that's a big paradigm shift. And I think that shuffles how people get ranked on stuff and like yeah. how they make content, right? So I think there's a lot of people just kind of navigating that, including like the companies themselves, right? Like Facebook trying to figure this out or Amazon trying to figure it out. So we'll we'll see. But like cookies are going away in like 2024. Really? Yeah. For, like, Fucking thank God. Yeah. So, but they're trying to like, what is the solution to that? What comes? It's out? probably worse. It's probably worse. <laughs> NFTs, bro. An anal implant. <laughs> anal implant. Yeah. That, that was like third on the list. I think. Like, so we're getting there. <laughs> Fucking Klaus Schwab all up in your butt. Um. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. The I I definitely am still figuring all of this stuff out. You know, like I I know a little bit about it, but as you get in, as you commit to it, you start to get overwhelmed by how much you don't know. Sure. You know, um, but I mean, it, there's so much information out there too on how to do it. So it's not. Endless. Yeah, it's endless. endless. And like, if you don't like the way that one guy tells you. Wait, wait a second. You have Pretty Woman <laughs> on VHS. I do have Pretty Woman on VHS. That was a good... I saw that side eye look right when you said that. I was like, what is he looking at? It's next to two Martin, uh, two, two Steve Martin movies, Bowfinger and The Jerk. Yes. I just... Um, tell me about why you have the Pretty Woman. <laughs> is it one of your favorites? So it's, Where it's, do you stand on it? 100%. Fair question. Um, this is going to be a very specific answer. Um, I don't know if, if... Anyways, yeah. So anyway, my friend... Uh, that I've kind of grown up with. His mom was a screenwriter. And, <laughs> I thought uh, you were going to say prostitute. No, 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 <laughs> Sorry, no. friend. I, no, no, sorry, I didn't sorry. mean that as a diss. <laughs> yeah, so it's, um, yeah, she was just a writer and basically she was the script doctor that got, On that. That got Pretty Woman made. And I had seen it in like a thrift store, for like a uh. dollar. And I was like, I gotta... But I don't see. Do you have a VHS player? I don't. I literally just bought it because I saw it and I was like, oh, okay. my friends worked or whatever. And I was like, I'm going to buy this out of a thrift store. So uh, I think it has like staying power. But uh, I think one of my favorite Dave Chappelle show sketches was the one where she's like talking to him in bed and she go, he goes, you got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the skit. There's just like so many skits on it, which I think is like crazy. I just saw an art show and it was like in an art show as a painting, right? Like someone painted the Pretty Woman cover. It's iconic. It's, it's so iconic. It's like, it's such a crazy crazy thing uh, but my favorite uh take on it is the romeo michelle did you ever watch that movie no they watch it but they hate it they, oh, <laughs> that's funny. they're like they make fun of her for being sad that they won't let her shop on rodeo truck they're like, they're like oh boo <laughs> that's, that's uh romeo michelle is a solid watch my sister got me into that okay i'll check it out for sure yeah but yeah um, i literally just got it to like send a funny text to my friend <laughs> <laughs> that's how cheap vcrs are god damn dude i used to fucking have such a huge collection i remember the day i got rid of that shit really yeah oh man yeah dvds and shit and like all that stuff i, I collected a lot of blu-rays and stuff yeah total waste <laughs> total. yeah i mean it's it's crazy on youtube like. yeah <laughs> it's crazy but like now we don't own shit just like Schwab, Klaus Schwab just gets so many shout outs on this show. Schwab. <laughs> yeah, where are the ads? Like, we need a, here's a six second bump. The IMF. Out. I'm going to be Trudeau and what's the, uh, Jacinda from like all the people that are from the World Economic Forum, the prime minister from the UK. Yeah. It's all crazy. Anyway, it's, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's a pretty interesting like, um, 
it's I think that's that's also kind of related to the digitizing conversation. And in fact, actually, I did want to ask you, I mean, we can go back to the art as a noun. I, I don't want to get too far away. We from can the, go as nebulous as you want. But I did want to ask you a little bit about NFTs because you seem to be more. I'm a fucking old man that doesn't get it. And and <laughs> and you seem to have similar political leanings. So I, I don't think that you're like unethical. <laughs> I don't, sure, sure. I'm not going to buy anything that you try to sell me on. <laughs> yeah, there's no shilling here. Don't, don't worry. Nothing, nothing for you to buy. But you were talking about some projects that you have that are interesting that I maybe want to... Do you, do you want to talk about yeah, it? I'm, I'm totally yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm always game for, for, for NFTs and blockchain. And stuff, okay, so. cool, cool. Um, well, you were... T- first, let's start off with the thing that you were telling me about that you kind of explained to me, but I'm still kind of too... My no, no, cobwebs in the brain weren't quite getting it. So it was what was the thing that you put into people's wallets that kind of... So it was an, an anonymization tool? Well, so, so NFTs and blockchain will always give users and end user more anonymity in terms of like the information that we typically dox ourselves with today, right? So like I can have a wallet and represent myself to a company as a purchaser, right? Um, without having to give my name because all it has is like a identification number on the wallet, right? So I can operate and transact through that code and keep all my personal information um, just private, basically. Is that where the, the um, security problems lie then? Because you can't, there's no way to verify the identity of the wallet. Um, How are people getting all their shit stolen? Oh, so, uh, good question. That's, that's what we want to know. Like, why are all y'all getting shit? Stolen? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, and this is not. This is like the successful people that have legit crypto. That's what I'm asking about. 100. Yeah. percent Yeah. So the, the reason that theft is happening is because it's just like scam artists and bad actors coming into the space and saying like, "Hey, here's this new technology that they that they didn't even really create the hype around. They just saw that there was a bit of a gold rush, right?" And then they try and capitalize on that by sending people promotions or going into community lists and saying, hey, check out this this um, link or something. And when they click that link, it's like a phishing attack. And then it'll just grab wallet funds because they're literally saying it's okay. Like the mm. user is saying it's okay. The user just doesn't recognize what this is yeah. because they're not used to blockchain, right? It's a new technology. So there's always going to be more error in the beginning. Um but like, if you just don't do that, they don't have any way to just come into your wallet. So it's phishing attacks and stuff like that, it's and then like social that. engineering, maybe a little bit. Too. Definitely social engineering. Which I think for like the people that made... don't know, what is social engineering? It's like basically playing to like a vulnerability to that person's individual situation. So like it's building like context to something face to face con versus yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely a lot of that. I think like the, some of the scarier stuff that they're trying to work around in terms of like infrastructural security is like you have these big like infrastructural tools for blockchain which there are very few right now so they're leaning on like discord and like stuff like that but if someone hacks your discord and then they're coming in because they got your email right and now they're coming in as you and then talking to your community of thirty thousand people and they're like hey like new announcement click this link and then all of a sudden like 10 people within that discord click that and like i mean board apes had like a couple hundred thousand dollars stolen this way basically and so it, is board apes has that not uh crashed yet it it's gone down, but it's like still, I mean, they still have a pretty robust community and like okay. they're still doing events and stuff. Um, I think the whole market's like kind of contracted a little bit, which is probably for the best, honestly. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's projects that, I mean, they raise like just a shit ton of money. So they're, they're floating for a little while. Um, I don't know what they're doing with it necessarily, but like they're, they're not broke yet. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then more in the NFT space, like what are the advantages? So things that I've heard that seem interesting about the technology i've heard gary v talk about how 
if you own an NFT, it can also become a ticket for future yeah. stuff. So, like, Gary Vee follower? Not really, oh, but yeah. I mean, he's fucking everywhere. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's a smart dude. He's uh, he's hard to avoid, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he's knows everywhere. his shit. Like, if there's anybody that talks about and uh, like all this stuff that doesn't make me feel like he's scamming me, is him. <laughs> it's probably Gary. Yeah. yeah like, he did like the Gary uh, the VCon with so all of his NFTs. Like he sold his NFTs first, mm-hmm. and then told everyone that made that purchase, like, "Hey, that's gonna actually get you three three access passes to VCon or whatever. So they would yeah. use that as a ticket. And I think that's like a perfect example of like early utility. So you can always add functionality to an NFT because so it's not just you own the first JPEG. There can be other things attached to it because that's a lot of the things that people were shitting on NFTs. Yeah, they're like, it's just a JPEG. I'm like, no, it's literally an NFT. It's like just a new file format. Like, yeah. like if, if people were saying like, oh, you bought this JPEG for $100,000, which people have been doing from galleries, by the way, for years, like a decade or so. Really? Yeah, like digital artists, like they're literally just buying a thumb drive with like a MP4 or a JPEG on it. I'm like, but because they put their PDF, another for- file format, saying like this gallery approves it, it's worth $150,000. Like, oh, okay. So it's just like a, a validation certificate. It's just a validation thing. It's just putting it on a ledger where like you, me, and anyone else can see that this transaction happened and that it came from an actual source. So if I had a wallet that I did put like a brand ID on, right? Like, a Gucci making products or something and saying, Hey, these all came from us or a Nike or an artist or whoever. Um, you have a way that the entire public can verify where this object came from and how it was transacted for how much money. Whereas like now it's all cloaks and daggers, right? Like around like items and private sales and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think it builds a lot more like honesty and transparency into the marketplace, honestly. Yeah. Which is dope. So, but do you, uh, do you, I mean, do you own any NFTs? I do. I own probably like, a handful like 30 or so but oh wow that's a lot more than i expected so then what what how do you see them as an investment do you see them going up in value why, why did you make the purchases I, I, yeah. I literally don't know no good question i think like as a content creator and stuff like these are these were things that i was asking myself too like about a year yeah. ago right like what is this for or like why would someone buy an nft and i wasn't actually that bullish on them to begin with because i was kind of in that jpeg camp i was like People were selling JPEG for hundred thousand dollars. That sounds crazy. And then I just did the homework, and I was like, "Wait a minute! Actually, like, if I'm seeing the same logic that we're seeing, that takes us from a painting to YouTube, yeah, yeah. it's not that far of a jump to be like, oh, like, could I build content around YouTube, have more transparency into the data channels that Google right now owns, and then have that actually just be under my umbrella with my studio and my content and all that stuff, and just think of it as like another channel." I get you. The right. the thing the thing that I'm still kind of confused about though is. The blockchain doesn't keep track of personal information. It keeps track of transactions. transactions and it keeps track of your anonymous wallet, right? It does, yeah. And then if any of those like NFTs, right? So this gets kind of like to why I bought some, right? Like there's different use cases for different ones. Like some of them are domains, really. Like it's just like a digital domain with like a dot ether thing. So like some of them are like IP for my brand, right? That mm-hmm. I want to like capture early on when no one else is competing for it um you know things like that that i think might give me seo or you know stuff like that what's like, seo seo is just like oh seo search, yes, search, engine, search, search engine optimization, optimization. <laughs> yeah so it's like if i can buy another url that gives me x percent better ranking for my keywords on my web two website whatever that i've already built as an artist like like that seems good like why wouldn't i do that for like 10 bucks 20 bucks like that seems like mm-hmm. a fair investment so so it's it, in this case the nfts are just uh urls essentially some of the ones that i collected like that's one example of like why okay. i would invest in one other ones like the first one that i got into was this project um there's still around called heart project and it was just like a decentralized artist collective so same reason i joined bendix building very similar like 
there was an artist friend of mine also working on Maple Street that was like drawing these heart cartoons and they wanted to do those as like membership tokens to like different events and music uh, producing opportunities. And like every eight weeks we would submit ideas um, and then they would basically fund that with a grant like mm-hmm. to the community and stuff. So it was like this community building tool that was really cool. And we did like a bunch of collabs. We released some uh, merch with like Fred Siegel. And so it was a whole experiential thing. And because I knew that project was operating in LA, I was like, oh, I can actually meet these people in person and like go to their studio and like exchange work with them and use it as like a networking tool like that any other artist would would be looking for at a gallery opening, right? And that's kind of how I fell into it. So, But so far, none of these are like, I am expecting to sell these for like $20,000 in 10 years. So that's not... That's not my thinking, at least. I think there's a lot of that in the market. No, I mean, that's that's, that's the headlines of NFTs, right? Like that's what gets people's attention. So then you're more uh, interested in it as a utilitarian tool. Yeah, what is the function? What is the function? What is the action behind this art? Right. Like what is that? It comes all back down to that. I think it's like, how are these artists leveraging the visual representation of something? And then thinking about like, as just, just an art medium and creative exercise, right? Like, okay, I have a JPEG of my painting. Now, if I used computer code and all the things that I've kind of built around like community online, like what else could that painting do? Right. And like, it could be endless. Like I, I think that there's all kinds of use cases. Like I was doing these like pizza box paintings that are mm-hmm. kind of like floating around. And so the idea for, for some of them was like, could you make a painting on a material like a pizza box, right? And then think about like the starving artist persona. And then basically when you sell that painting online, instead of like splitting it with a gallery, like you split half of it with a community that maybe you have online, give them a token and then let them go buy pizza from the place that that box was from. Oh, okay. And it's like, and you know that they're able to do that because they have maybe like a photo of it that's like a membership that says, hey, they like participated or that we had scaled these up for like a pizza party, right? So like you can invite people, everyone that was at the initial party to eat the pizza, to produce the material, then becomes like a recipient of the reward at the end of it. And it's like, that's a far more engaging, like creative, performative experience. I think not just for me, but for like my audience, than like, hey, here's this box and like, can you buy a G clay of it from a gallery? Like, What's a G clay? Just like a print, like a photo print. Uh, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I didn't, I've only seen it written because I've only recently started. I didn't know that's how you said it. <laughs> I thought it was G Clee. <laughs> yeah, as the French would put it. Yeah. <laughs> I just I made it more French than it actually was. Uh, see, those are the dumb things I leave in. <laughs> it's good. It's how we learn. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting, but also just like borderline makes my eyes glaze over a little bit. Now the community element of it is I know an important part because like. It's almost like without the community, there is no backing for the coin, right? Sure. So, and then, so there's the board ape that, or that's the one that is, that succeeded. What did you know about the other one that really like tanked recently that was supposed to be a video game with the, uh, something I mean, there's, about, there's, there's been there's, a lot of crashes right now. In terms no, of the, but there was like, it was a specific one that was also about apes. So oh, like, it. I think they were just, but anyway, the, like, Long sto- <laughs> the long story short of it is that they got rug pulled but then they tried as a community they all tried to salvage it by making a second coin that people invested in uh so it's interesting because even when those like w- the reason i bring it up that story sure. is because it's a community 
even after they got fucked, they were still a community and yeah, they still tried. Yeah, that's, that's really an interesting powerful. thing. Yeah, which I, again, man, this is still kind of nebulous for me. I, I, I know you're trying to explain know, it, but like, but like, bring that back to like our Duchamp conversation, right? Yeah, and it's like, like even if you don't get it, there's enough like happening there where you're like, oh, community around this IP, IP is like, dying, yeah, yeah, but like somehow the community is keeping it around and like they're wanting to to champion it and have some involvement with that creative process. But they also all got fucked. <laughs> they also all got fucked, but it's like early by days, a lot, yeah, early yeah. days, right? Like a lot of yeah. people got fucked by like the banking system in 1930s. Like we had to figure out how the dollar worked. Only then? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, then, and then every year subsequently since. Yes, exactly. So it's like we still are working 2022. on it. <laughs> no, it's funny. Well, okay. That, that's, that actually ties into one of the things that I've heard. That's why I was asking you about the security, right? right. Because then people were saying like they want it. Like the people were making fun of crypto. Uh, I forget who it was, but they everyone? were just, yeah, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you, you, I think that, uh, Rogan makes a good point when he talks to, talks about the people that try to, like, you're not trying to sell me anything. Yeah. So, 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 so it doesn't, it doesn't feel weird. I'm, but like, if people are trying to sell you on it and want you to participate, it definitely sounds scammy yeah, and douchey. Yeah, photo of an ape for $10,000. Yeah, it's, like, it's crazy. Uh, so, so I, I get where he's coming from with that. Um, but it's interesting. So it, basically it seems like an organization tool, like you're saying, right? Like, yeah. and the, and the value isn't necessarily so much in the NFT itself, but in what it, as a technology, it can do for a community that, that believes in it. Right. Yeah. Like, and you as a consumer, like how valuable is it for you buying into that community and having like an actual stake and representation in it? But then as people leave the community, does that affect its value? So like um, if people just stop start flaking on it, because then yeah. that's that, that isn't that like there's a new one there's a new rug pull with what's his name, uh, uh Logan Paul. Oh, okay. And, and it's a recent Coffeezilla video. If you guys don't know anything about Coffeezilla, like is one of the best persons on yeah, the the FTX. Like he got uh, of Sam Bankman Bank me whatever SBM SMB. Or SBM or been free. SBF. <laughs> so many fucking acronyms. <laughs> WEP IMF. Uh, they're fucking nerds for that shit. Anyway, um, so Coffeezilla is the one that got him to like admit that 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 he was literally not separating the funds because every time that people would ask him a question about like, is it um. Like he would try to say that he he would talk about the TOSs, and then he basically just got him to admit that, despite there being different TOS for the high risk side of uh, of FTX, FXT, dyslexia doesn't help in this situation. Um, like inst like um, anyway, he he admitted to using like private funds basically he basically like admitted that all fund. both both sides of it were fun were, were like there was no dividing line it was all yeah. fungible yeah. all those funds the funds from the the um because he was he was moving dollars basically from ftx into an investment hedge fund yeah and then he was replacing the dollars that he sent there with ftt ftx tokens, tokens which are valueless yeah yeah and the only reason they had value was because like they were pegged to these investments but as soon as those investments like started looking sour yeah. right and they were high risk which they were like all of a sudden that entire liquidity pool went to zero and that's why you lost like 24 billion dollars in a matter of 48 hours right so it's like yeah 
but but anyway <laughs> so yeah so that's coffeezilla like which it's it's actually really interesting stuff uh he he's he, he's basically uh, a fraud youtuber or a fraud busting youtuber oh god uh, yeah, he's not a fraud he's no, just no. busting fraud yeah, <laughs> yeah he okay. busts his fraud we'll drop the link. <laughs> he has the the 10 million dollar studio and he has he wears suspenders so it always looks like anyway the the it, really really interesting stuff but one of the things that he was saying about the logan paul stuff is that basically he's abandoning the community. So one of the things that's also kind of weird, like is like these people will start promoting something, but then if they don't promote it, it fizzles out, which seems like super high stakes if you're investing that much money, right? Because you have to trust that Logan Paul is not going to get tired of it and lazy. I think uh, Lana Rhodes did it. I mean, they end up being rug pulls, but they just say it's because it's too complicated and whatnot. Or like the market's down or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, and I, I totally get it. And at the end of the day, it's like the people that you're investing in are also artists trying to figure it out. So like, imagine yourself running a project like this and then like think about expectation from there (laughs) no that's what that's what i'm saying so then the fact that it's a community thing basically means that like isn't there like a cult element here (laughs) i mean but i I think it's cool because you can start to be like hey we're all logan paul fans or harry potter fans or whatever and you can start to like pull resources in a way that you did not pick a less problematic (laughs) property (laughs) (laughs) anyway i was no but it's 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 tough because i think like even for those brands like you know let's say that there was another community right like look at this 20 years ago when there was just ip there was a person that made it and then you like whatever whatever cultural resonance it has it has right like ip meaning intellectual property so like let's say wolverine yeah anything any movie music anything like that and it's like you know you might get some royalties but like you kind of have to rely on a record label that hopefully is still in business to like provide that to you um and then like you know if you are doing stuff great like but you're usually kind of just beholden to the next piece of content and it's like here you can have content like after the person dies or whatever like you can have a community around it that helps like further that creative journey for whatever that thing is and i think there's also a lot of people that are starting projects and not really understanding how to deliver on those projects yeah yeah you know like logan paul i'm sure is not like the best technologist you know no, it's yeah. like he's not probably the the you know front runner in how to create DAOs and you know decentralized organizations and all all this kind of stuff like He's just a YouTube celebrity that's like, hey, this is something I heard about on YouTube. <laughs> and, I no, want, that's... and I want to try and capitalize. And it's like, his his fans are there for him. Watch you know? yourselves when I start pushing a coin, okay? Yeah. Just beware. <laughs> what's your thesis coin? What's your, what's your coin? <laughs> where's your coin? <laughs> yeah, where's your coin? Let me get that coin. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Okay, so then now I'm starting to get a sense of how it can be so fraught with like... So basically, the NFT is a unified... It's like a community project. That's why it's always referred to as a project, right? Yeah. It can't exist without the audience in the, in the sense. like, And it's not even just financially. Like if people... Let's say it's not uh, an art project that's going to necessarily make a lot of money. If like people just fizzle out and stop giving a shit about it, it drops value? Um, I mean, value is just what you... Or willing to pay for it, right? So, like, for me, with NFTs right now, for anyone in my community, and, like, there's some people on, that are following that have gotten them, like, I'll do things like, I'll post a piece of content on Instagram and maybe ask, like, a Q&A question about it or post some work. And people that engage with that, I'll be like, hey, here's an NFT copy of that work or an edition mm-hmm. of that work. And so, like, for me, I'm giving away probably more NFTs that I make for free than I'm actually charging, right? And it's, like, a community-building tool, but I also... am setting expectation around stakes right like i don't want put someone putting in like ten thousand dollars and being like hey why didn't you conquer the art world or whatever and i'm like mm-hmm. like we're building together you know and it's like my my ask from the community should be relative to like where i'm at with the community and i think like what happened in this last cycle was like people thought they were on the moon 
and they wanted the community to come with them but they're like fuck rocket ships are hard to build and like <laughs> i don't really know how to do it um and so there's there's problems there but i think you can do things that are like much less problematic i mean ticketing is like a great example i think galleries could do that right like send out flyers to everyone that's involved with like an nft art community and then just basically blanket to them and say hey there's this show coming come here scan this code and then get like an unlockable or special edition or something from the artist when you come to the actual show and like it drives traffic drives engagement drives you know maybe posts or sharing and so you build the audience and you build that viewership right what what other usages other than URLs? So okay, so then I would say I could say that possibly like an NFT. The, so then, the NFT's value is based essentially. Are people just trying to buy into a community? They are, and like usually, if that community has a lot of demand, like with anything in the market, with a stock, it's the same thing, right? Like if I'm selling something, you know, that I bought for a hundred dollars, but the community demand is so high you know, then people resell it. I mean, with Nikes and stuff, it's the same thing. Like, I'll get a pair of shoes from a reseller because I couldn't get the initial drop. If but, you can get the initial drop, you probably are investing a very small amount. Of by money. the way, I did notice your sneakers. You brought them oh. up a couple of times, and I, I, I am going to peep your uh, your collection at some Absolutely. point before I head out. Are you a sneakerhead? <laughs> I mean, not to the degree. I, I don't wear basketball sneakers. I, like, that's a whole different thing, but I do like sneakers. I love it. I'm yeah. more of a running shoe guy and a skate shoe guy, but... We'll, we'll definitely peep the collection. We'll do another segment. Like, <laughs> what's in your closet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the what's what's uh, branding is, yeah. is the unstoppable. The what's universe is happening. The metaverse of what <laughs> yeah what's my diet is going to be our food channel it's perfect it's already happening there'll be tokens for all of it what's our porn hub is going to be an interesting op- addition to the now it's it, it, it's it, anyway i find it interesting i still don't think that until i see like a project that makes sense to me entirely i'm going to really fully get it i mean i get i'm starting to understand so you like said you're a gamer right yeah. So let me give you one on game. I don't I, identify as a gamer though. I just play games. You just play games. Okay, cool. It's like, so politicized. Is it? Oh man, everything. You can't be anything these days. But okay, like let's say as someone who just plays games may or may not be a gamer. Um, you probably have had it before. Like I think you mentioned that you've played Overwatch before. Yeah. You hop to a different game. Like you have to kind of start over, right? Yeah. Like it'd be cool if, like I played World of Warcraft back in the day. Like. If I could have armor that I unlocked in World of Warcraft, go to me as an NFT that I have ownership of, right? It's not mm-hmm. like on Blizzard's server or anything, but it's stuff that I've unlocked, trophies, awards, stuff like that that you have. And those things may have an actual utility to them, maybe like an unlockable mount or like, um, you know, a, a chat room or something like that that you're able to get access you to. You are a gamer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely came from this world, right? So, but like thinking about like how people monetize digital rewards, right? And it's like a big yeah, business. Yeah. So well, that like, mean, did you ever uh, sell gold for like mine for gold for people and stuff like that? I, I didn't do but I knew that people were doing that, It's like that, a right? huge economy there. Yeah. So if you had that as an NFT, you could literally do that for any anyone, right? Like you earn the asset and then sell it on the free market, right? So it, it creates transparency there and you can build a royalty for the, the game developer, right? So oh, like, so you're saying when I'm done because I can't get into plat on Overwatch because the I think... You could sell your characters I or the skins or oh, whatever. Oh, okay. And like, because you own them, you put in the work, right? I mean, people still did it with World of Warcraft, but it was on their server. So in this case, you would actually be able to do it without their, their being dependent on them. What's the difference? Like you'd still play the game, but like instead of that, like character skin existing only in your Overwatch 2 profo- like profile, it'll be a digital NFT file that you'd then redeem because you earned it, right? Like you, it's pl- like you won that as your labor, right? But then what, what, what would... And then you could sell it on OpenSea or something or an eBay or something. And then... and, but it, people would still only be able to use it that skin in the game. 
So they'd be able to use it in that game. But as you start building on that format, you could imagine then more developers being have it interoperable. So okay. it's like you can then take that skin and then use it in World of Warcraft or like any game that you start on. And then all of a sudden, the things that you've spent all this time working and unlocking, you can carry with you through these like gaming universes and metaverses. And how many how many women do you think are still listening? Probably like <laughs> negative four. But yeah, but I think it's like I mean these are billion dollar they, industries, they all right? Have the like, driest vaginas. Yeah, it's, I know it's boring as fuck. But like, no, it's not boring. I'm I'm into it. I'm just like I but. It, it is, I'm just saying use cases there. Like, yeah, like yeah. that's like a multi-billion dollar use case. Like, I think <laughs> I think the okay, I think that what I'm getting from what I'm communicating to you about my not being able to understand, I think that like I just don't have enough of a contextual understanding of the blockchain and NFT to know to see everything that's potential is inherent in its potential without being given an example you know without being like oh well this guy did this with this guy did that and you've given me plenty of examples and i think that i i won't really understand it fully until there's like a project that i'm like oh you know like like little things like like the glimpses of like gary v explaining that ticketing thing all those little things i still i i mean i get it but but the community aspect of it is overwhelming. The idea of a community that you buy into seems strange to me, but I get it. I mean, yeah. I'm not, that's, it's not like, I'm not co- comparing it to a frat, right? It's definitely different. Although maybe a frat is probably more beneficial <laughs> if you're going to like Yale and shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but there, there might be a token for that. Eventually. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. There might be an NFT. So it seems like, like okay, how do you visualize it in ten years? Like maybe, 10 years? yeah. Like what do you see? But that you do the imagining for me, so yeah, that yeah, yeah. I can't because I don't understand the technology enough to know all of the potential. So like as an artist, right? Like that's that's where I'm focused on use cases. Like I think for me, for any artist, right, the resale opportunity. Like if you think about provenance, mm-hmm. um, right now if you buy an artwork, like your proof of authenticity is either a printout piece of paper or a PDF that you got from a gallery. Will that gallery be around in 200 years? I don't know. Chances are no. No. Um, and it's like, so then what happens then? Like, who's authenticating that? Who's deliberating the, the dispute there? It makes sense to have things on a public ledger that you can say, hey, this transaction happened. This transaction ID is associated with this NFT that is essentially a virtual proof of provenance, same way as a PDF is, but it's actually tied to a ledger. And we have it tied to the physical artwork, right? So there's ways people can do that with NFC tagging and stuff so like this object and this nft are paired now mm-hmm. that's a ledger like an item on this ledger in the blockchain so if i trade this painting 200 years from now or someone finds my collection in my chateau somewhere or whatever and decide to put it at sotheby's like there's no dispute as to like where this came from like oh it came here this date this time you know eventually we'll do geotagging too I think. and that's stuff. separate from community that's always going to be like you don't need that's the com- pro- that's problems but it's like my yeah. as an artist your buyers are your community right your patrons okay. right so you're thinking about like people that are following me I'm giving them a way to verify their their asset, right? Like, I think I'm a dope artist, and I think my shit's going to go up. So it's yeah. like someone that's buying today, they might want to flip 10 years from now and, like, make a, make a bag or something. And it's like, it's a good tool for them to have so that they never have to, like, be in a position where they have to pay or dispute its authenticity because it's, like, it's verified by everyone. And then... The one thing that I did... Uh, that one of The first early things that I made me think the NFTs were interesting was the fact that you can also get a cut on the yeah, resale that's like the the other thing on that too yeah. right once you have that provenance and you built that trust right you provided that value to your consumer now you're saying okay well the, the gallery or someone else that might have been doing that the authenticator might have gotten a cut now that you don't have to do that and i'm saving you that cost like maybe just throw me five percent of your resale 
Yeah. You know, and like that goes direct to me, which makes more art, which ultimately helps you, the buyer, because it's like it's, investing yeah. directly in the thing that you invested in, which I'm in agreement with, right? So it's like put all the money there instead of giving, and again, nothing against galleries, but like instead of giving half to a gallery, which then is split with a landlord or whatever, it's like yeah. all of it goes back to the studio and then like goes into making more dope art, which you initially liked, which is why you bought it. So interesting. That I definitely can get. I handle on that's that's what those are the parts the elements that i understand of it that i think make it make me think it's not just like a scammy thing sure uh but i do see how it opens itself up to like fucking people over you know like yeah. especially people because people are just nefarious <laughs> people no yeah i mean that you can't you, there's no accounting for people um no but but i think also like one of the things that i told you is that i'm all i'm as I get older, I'm very skeptical of anything that I don't fully understand as an sure. invest investment thing. And like, I would love to understand it, but it seems like even from what you're describing, you don't think of it as like an investment in the sense of like, like you wouldn't drop 10 grand on anything right now. No, no. So like the, the thing that I spent the most money on recently in like the NFT space was actually like buying our own Ethereum node for like a project that I'm working on. And it's like, for me, that, that's just like buying data, right? Or like access to data infrastructure. And I'm like, to me, that seems like it's much more valuable than like someone I've never met telling me that like 10,000 coins are gonna be worth a million dollars in like two yeah. years, you know? Like, so I'm like, if you can build stuff and you know how to build stuff in the same way that like for an artist, right? Building a channel was like infrastructure for you, mm -hmm. right? It was like data infrastructure. Like, that's a great play. Obviously, you think it's paying off because we're invested in it here. You yeah. Know, yeah. All this shit. But it's like, you know, taking that a step further, I think there's going to be artists that find opportunity for that in, in Web3. Web3. So then what you're buying is a URL in Web3? That's what, what... So some of the NFTs that I am are, like, there's many ways to invest, though. Like, you can be building actual infrastructure for the systems to run on. It's just a network, right? Like the internet. Or you can buy an NFT, or you can buy cryptocurrency, which is like the coins, right? So like Bitcoin or Ethereum. So um, Ethereum is a coin, right? Ethereum is, is a coin, yeah. So it's a currency... But can you see how perplexed I am? I know it's like the deeper we go into this rabbit hole, I can, I can, I can already no, we're imagine gonna, the viewers going down. We're like. we're, we're going to have to end it soon, but but okay. So then no, but I'm just trying to get a, a like because you just said something and I don't get it, so I want to get that before we close. Uh, so wait, which which part are you the, confused on? The so is it is it what's the deal? Okay, you said you bought something that is going to build data infrastructure for you when web3 comes out so web3 is all blockchain based yeah web3 web is just blockchain based so it's just the architecture of blockchain that people refer to as web3 whether that's ethereum or bitcoin or anything web3 is all of it okay so ethereum is the blockchain that you're building your your this node yeah this so, node so basically it's going to allow us to look at all that transactional detail and then be able to recall it and then pull it into databases to run inquiries on Okay. So like if you wanted to find NFT holders that had X amount of NFTs that they're participating in from these types of communities with this much actual available funds to like invest in something, like you can then target that entire group without ever knowing like who that person is and then like deliver them assets or opportunities like coupons or tickets or whatever. 
And same way that you have with email or anything like that, but it's just like a more anonymous way for the end user to have it. Can you hop onto someone else's NFT and add functionality? Like, can I say like, yo, if you own Gary V's blah, 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 you get a free blowjob from me. <laughs> from your community? Yeah, you could you could add that in. Yeah. To, I, but but it's not my, t it's, I, it's his project. And I say, based on, if you own a Gary V, blah, 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 you get a blowjob from me. Yeah. If you present, I can do that. You, you just write that on a contract. So someone buying an NFT today, right would be like oh anyone that's part of this target community from this like gary v or whatever community that you're targeting if they have that asset in their wallet which has a certain identifier on it and they have your identifier right this new nft blowjob nft that they got from you mm -hmm. like and th there's a match there it's gonna be a shitty one by the it's way it's gonna be a shitty one it's, it's, i've know, never done it before it's a, it's a growing community <laughs> you know but, <laughs> but i'm not afraid to try <laughs> yeah so it's like if, if you if you have that in place then you'd be like okay they're verified holder of this they're verified holder of mine but I would have to sell my <laughs> own separate NFT. I couldn't just do it with only his. I would have to have my own community. Yeah, you'd, you'd want to send something to them stating that on a contract, right? So saying like, if you have this plus this, you get this offer. Right? But I couldn't just do, you get this because you have this. I couldn't just so you, decide to blow everybody that has that NFT. I mean, you can market to them. I don't know if they're going to hit you up for it. <laughs> but, like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I, you, you could reach them. You could reach them. I, okay, but but I can't. But then because because I don't have access to the code in the in the NFT, I can't. I can I would have to make an a, an additional contract. I can but yeah. I can make a contract off of that, and I don't have to sell anything else other than the contract. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you can't go into Gary's contract and then be like, "Yo, like I'm actually adding this perk to whatever you're doing." Like unless the actual author of that is is doing it, so there's hit there's, me up, Gary. Yeah, hit, Gary, where you at? You, know, you want to go viral? Like here you go. Um, so, anyways, but yeah, that is that is a use case. That I, is a use I, case. I don't know if that's number one on my list, but community. I just want to blow. Friend. I just want to suck a lot of dick. <laughs> <laughs> Highbrow is what we keep it here. It's performative art. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for breaking all of that down to me. I think that we may have to do it again, like in twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> just so I can be like, oh, that's what you said. It's also obvious now. I, I get it. I get it. But but yeah, I mean, I I'm also playing a little dumber than I am. But I mean, I the there's not a lot of gap between my playing dumb and and my <laughs> Actually, life <laughs> like, it's new like, it's new for all of us i don't yeah. think anyone should feel dumb in this space yeah, it's yeah. like brand new it's only really existed for like 10 years and yeah, like yeah. most people didn't even hear about it before last year so it's like you're, no it's good <laughs> especially the nft side i didn't even know that that was that old so you know funny enough i actually like got into that whole world through kenny sharp which is unlikely because he's like kind of like an old school artist but he really was popping off with nfts like in 2018 like wow. even before this whole thing, like just selling JPEGs of his murals and that just became huge. And for them, it was awesome because they made a lot on the resale, right? Like people would start flipping them in like Asia and stuff. And he, he made a lot of residuals. And so I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like seeing an artist that's also like a you know generation established already, you know, it's like for him to be leading the charge on those tech technologies. I'm like, yeah, maybe it's a good time to dive in. And I'd never saw daylight after that <laughs> <laughs> no it's interesting i mean i hopefully someone got something out of that because like i mean i'm still kind of a little bit baffled but 
I'm hoping that like the Gen Zers are just sitting out there watching this episode. They're like, trading like, NFTs. They're like, I'm on it. Like, they're like, <laughs> they're like, what the fuck don't you get, you dumbass? <laughs> Which I'm okay with. Uh, I know my role in the generational ladder. <laughs> you're, you're here to bring us together and talk about community on these on podcasts. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. You obviously have a few things to plug, so let's get into that. You are, you have how many Instagrams? You have two? Well, Studio Hash, you can find me everywhere. So Studio Hash? YouTube, we just started a channel, so Studio ha- at Studio Hash there. Um, same thing with, with Instagram. When you say we, do you do it like I do, where it's just me, but I say we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I use follow, the excuse that I have. I, yeah. I use I usually, I guess we is the brand. We is the brand. We yeah, is the community. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, me, yeah. whoever else is, whoever's yeah, in yeah, the yeah. comments. You're, you're part of the community right are you part of the comment now yeah yeah join the community um but yeah so, so do you so, own an, uh, a josh nft please <laughs> please comment below please comment below if you want to put your wall address below or hit us on a dm i will get you an nft if you're watching this <laughs> all right yeah, yeah yeah you heard it here first so. uh i mean you're gonna charge them how much no billion dollar premium just like subscribe share oh what this guy is hooking me <laughs> up now you gotta go to his youtube channel yeah so studiohash.art is my site studio hash is the youtube and then studiohash.art is Instagram as well. So you'll find me there. Hashemandez? Hashemzadeh. I'm sure. You had it every time up the, until the it's end. It's the fucking, I just, I, t- I shouldn't have tried. It, it's the syllables. They were, I would, they, they, I just did a phonetic. Uh, good. And I made it Latino too. <laughs> Hashemandez. There you go. It's, all right. it's very fluid. Did we miss anything to plug for you? I don't, I think we're all good. I'm, okay. I'm plugged. Oh, you're plugged. Okay, cool. Cause sometimes I, I've missed stuff. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys know me. So you guys, I'll be here next week again. We'll have another artist that we'll talk about another topic with oh no wait that's not how i do it is it we and come back next week we'll have another artist with another topic that may or may not be art related sounds good thank you for doing the show man it's been a pleasure absolutely this is great